Well, good morning. Um, my name is John Abel, and I'm one of the new elders here at Northwest Community Church. Um, so if you haven't seen me before, I've been around, but just maybe not in the forefront. Glad to have you here, though, on this rainy Sunday morning after Christmas. Certainly appreciate you making the effort to come and be a part of this family as we celebrate communion today. I've got a short message today, and I want to just talk a little bit about communion. And the title today, or the theme, is going to be Remembering Him, that is Jesus, in Our Tradition. So over the next few minutes, I want to take a deeper look at this tradition that we call communion. Where did it originate, and and why are we celebrating it today? But first, I want to talk a little bit about what is a tradition in general. When I say the word tradition, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? If you're like me, it's the song from Fiddler on the Roof, tradition, tradition. My wife told me not to sing, but I went ahead and did anyways. (laughs) So now that you can't get that out of your head, hopefully you will. Essentially, tradition, as Webster's Dictionary defines it, is a way of thinking, behaving, or doing something that has been used by people in a particular group, family, society for a long time. Another definition is it's an inherited, established, or customary pattern of thought, action, and behavior. Essentially, a tradition is something we do to remember an event from the past or to recreate a past experience. Now, we just came off of Christmas, and some might say that Christmas is a season of traditions. We've seen them both culturally and in our own families, probably. Things like nativity scenes, Christmas trees, lights as you drive around. Even Christmas music, to some, is a tradition. Something that happens this time of year to get you in the mood and to remind you of the meaning of the season. We also give each other gifts, and that is a tradition that many families partake in. One that I like is large family gatherings with lots of good food. The foods in and of themselves are sometimes a tradition, a famous recipe that's been passed down from generation to generation that everyone enjoys. Well, the theme here is that traditions often invoke memories that are associated with something worth remembering. One of the traditions that we have in our home is around Christmas time, we put up our Christmas tree. And that involves us getting out all the ornaments and having the kids kind of gather around the tree and each kid gets to pick an ornament out and put it on the tree. And as we do that, we like to tell the story about the ornament. And each ornament has a different story. Some were kind of marking the birth of our children. So you put that on the tree. Hey, this was the ornament we got when you were first born. Some are made by our children in their classes. So we'll talk and look at, oh, look at what you did in kindergarten. Isn't that cute? Others were given to us by family and friends or to, to mark places we've lived or traveled. Again, each ornament has a story. And the act of telling that story is, in effect, a tradition that then helps us to remember and kind of signify the decorating of the Christmas tree. So we as a family really enjoy that. Well, I want you to think about some of the traditions you may have just celebrated. Do your traditions help you to remember something better? What would your life be like if you didn't have those traditions? Would there be an absence of something? Would you be more likely to forget a memory without that tradition? As we look at the first communion, one thing that I hope that we'll see today is that Jesus' intent was for us to remember him through our tradition. And that's a key thing, to remember him through our tradition. Not just the tradition itself, but to remember him through our tradition. So to set the scene for the first communion, if you have your Bibles or your smartphone, you want to turn to Luke chapter 22. We're going to be starting in verse 7. Luke chapter 22 Verse 7. 
As we set the scene here, the first communion occurred on the night that Jesus was betrayed. And if you know, he had been in ministry, he had chosen his disciples, and it come to the point in time where God had decided that you will then go to the cross. And so the night, be- the night, before, or the night that he was betrayed, he's sitting around the table with his disciples. And so kind of where we pick up in Luke's account of this is in Luke 22, verse 7, where it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house. The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it, just as he had told them, and there they prepared this Passover. Now recall from the Old Testament history about God's plan to rescue Israel from the nation of Egypt. That was the institution of this Passover celebration. And if you remember, the angel of death passed over the houses with the shed blood of the lamb on the doorposts. So when it says at the beginning there, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed, it's talking about sacrificing a lamb to memorialize or remember the passing over of the angel of death and the redemption out of the nation of Egypt. And as some of you are probably thinking, you know, they're preparing this meal, that all good traditions involve some sort of food. I know I, I certainly remember traditions, or more likely to remember them, when they have a good meal involved. And, and perhaps in Jesus' infinite wisdom, or God ultimately, he knew the importance of good food in celebrating or memorializing an event. And as I was thinking about this, I, I actually thought, well, maybe there's a deeper spiritual truth in the old saying that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Just a thought. Anyways, get us back on track. So the stage is now set for the Passover meal. And during this time, Jesus presents the disciples with a new tradition that he wants all of his disciples to follow, which is what we call communion today. If we pick back up in Luke chapter 22, now in verse 14, we see the institution of the Lord's Supper, or as we call it, communion. So I'll read there in verse 14. It says, And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now he's alluding to his suffering on the cross. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take it and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Alluding to his second return. And he took the bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, for which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Here Jesus institutes two distinct elements of this new tradition, this new covenant. The first being the bread signifying Christ's body, which was broken on the cross. Also the cup, signifying Christ's shed blood on the cross. Now for some of you, this meal may have just gotten a little weird. We're talking about blood and bodies being broken. Can you imagine sitting around your Christmas dinner and one of your relatives starts talking about eating their body or drinking their blood? I mean, that does get a little awkward. And I think even the disciples at that time didn't fully grasp what Jesus was trying to communicate. 
Now, fortunately for us, we have the benefit of the entire scriptures to go back and we can see now that Jesus was talking to them about the sacrifice that he was going to make, much like the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. And if you've often heard or potentially heard that Jesus was our Passover lamb, he was the sacrifice once and for all so that now we can be one and have that direct relationship with God. So again, a lamb must die. That was a key thing. So, so when it talks in the beginning of Luke that we said, you know, the lamb must die for Passover, now Jesus is alluding to himself dying. So the common theme in both elements, both the bread and the cup, is the cross. Again, he's alluding and telling his disciples about what's going to happen when he suffers on the cross. You don't have to turn here, but I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 and 51, which is an account of Jesus on the cross. And when Jesus spoke the words, it is finished, he instituted this new way for us, ultimately opening the door for this new covenant to truly be in effect. And it says in verse 50, it says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now this is a significant event. Because in Jewish tradition, you were not allowed to enter behind the holiest of holies where the curtain separated man, sinful man, from a holy God. And so by paying the penalty for our sin on the cross, Jesus instituted this new covenant and no longer did man need to sacrifice an animal to have fellowship with God. Jesus was our sacrifice. So by instituting communion, Jesus is asking us to remember him through this tradition. In fact, the very act of taking the bread and the cup is to signify, signify Christ's uh, sacrificial act on the cross. Now, if you're like me, sometimes we do things, traditions, that we do them just because that's the way they've always been done. And unfortunately, if that is our answer when someone asks, well, why do you celebrate this way? Or why do you do something this way? Why is this tradition in your family? And if we say, well, that's just the way we've always done it. I fear for myself and for us that we have truly missed the point of a tradition, especially when it comes to communion. So in a minute, when we take this bread and we take this cup, I'm asking for you to reflect and to think about the deeper meaning. Jesus asked for us to remember him in our tradition, not just to do and partake, but to also remember him and his sacrifice, because that's ultimately what it's about. And the act of doing it is to instill and and put forth into our memory what actually happened on the cross. Again, if the true meaning behind a tradition is lost, we're just performing an act, and we can't expect other generations to understand it or follow it, for that matter. Jesus wants us to remember him and the true meaning of his sacrifice when we take part in communion. And then additionally, as Paul guides us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read from that we're asked to reflect and to examine ourselves prior to taking communion. In just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So as the men come forward to help me pass out the elements, I want you to take this time to reflect on the tradition of communion and what it signifies. I want you to remember him in this tradition. 
Take this time also as Paul encourages us to examine yourselves. Make sure that you are partaking of this in a worthy manner, that you have a confessed heart before God, and ultimately one that's going to honor the sacrifice that Christ made on our behalf. Again, I'm going to walk down here on the floor and uh, we'll talk more about the elements, but again, just remember him in this tradition. Communion is for all those who have made the decision to trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to put their faith in his redemptive work on the cross. So we would ask that if you know, you're new in a faith journey and you haven't quite come to that point where you've made the decision to trust him, um, you know, certainly feel free to not partake at this time, but we'd love to talk to you more if you have questions or, or things that you're still searching. At this time, I'd like to pray over the cup and the bread, so please bow your heads with me. Father God, we want to come before you as a family in this tradition of communion that you set before us to remember you and the sacrifice you made on the cross by taking of this bread, which is significant in that it represents your body that was broken for us, and this cup that represents the blood that was shed. And in this new covenant, God, that we now can experience the freedom to not have to sacrifice animals to come before you, Lord, because you were the sacrifice once and for all. Lord, we thank you for this new covenant. We, Lord, we pray that we would have examined ourselves and that we would be taking this in a worthy manner. Lord, we pray that we would remember you and that this wouldn't just be a rote tradition. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name.